Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me, as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Um, I've had better days. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, today, today's okay. I, I've, I've, uh, you know, done some Zoom calls. It was, was pretty good. And, but, uh, my, my fiance right now is in the hospital. So I'm mm-hmm. really worried about her. And I think that sent my freaking voice into like, I don't know, stress mode because now I'm having a hard time talking. So right. My yeah. voice is all crackly again. Yeah. It's been a. Interesting past few days, to say the least, with that aspect. Um, for those of you who don't know, Miss Tay is Cooper's fiance, so that would be our Tay that occasionally comes on the podcast. And if if you don't know, she's the one singing at the beginning of the podcast. That's right. So she does have a voice. She's got some good pipes. Yes, sir. All right, sir. But are you ready to get into some wrestling? Let's talk? do it, brother. All right, we're gonna start with breaking news in the WWE today, as they have released. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Dude, what the... F- I've had a couple of friends message me and go, Dude, what? Alright. What? I'm like, yeah, i seen that. Uh, I don't know. AEW, maybe? Maybe. Um, obviously, if some of you don't know, Bray Wyatt's been adamant about this fact that he's been dealing with some mental issues. Um, due to the fact that he lost his best friend, um, Brody Lee, um, a while back. Kind of just came out of nowhere that his loss came. I think it's really affected him negatively, mentally. Mm -hmm. So this may not be a release in the fact that we no longer wish you were here. This may be a release in the fact that you're going to need more time to figure out what's best for you and your family. Health-wise, especially in this mental Especially mentally. I mean, and not only that, but the character that he plays is 
you got to go to a dark place for that. And mm-hmm. if you're playing that character, I mean, you and I both know we do TikToks. Sometimes you can get pretty deep into it. And then when you mm-hmm. get to that point, it's hard to pull yourself out. Right. And I can only imagine what it'd be like to lose my best friend and then have to go, you know, wrestle and play this character that is evil. And, you know, I mean, I know I know he's great at it. But right. I mean, this is probably what's best for him to, to try and, you know, mm-hmm. get back some of that mental health. So. Right, so I don't necessarily believe this is just the end for him in WWE. I think this was a mutual parting of ways so he can figure out what's best for him moving forward. And, of course, WWE um, will have no problem if he ends up deciding to move on to another promotion. And I'm sorry, man. I, I didn't even think of that. You know, him and Brody Lee were tight. tight. So, and, uh, yeah, when they did the, the memorial for Brody Lee, they had pictures of him and the Wyatt family. They respectively, uh, WWE respectively didn't do a memorial for him because they let AEW do it and they let them use some of their WWE photos and things like that. So right. I think it's really, really cool. But yeah, man, this, this, this is a hard hit for the WWE and, mm-hmm. and for all Bray Wyatt fans and, and Bray Wyatt himself. Let's hope he gets better and he... He comes back or or moves on to, to AEW and and maybe become the leader of the Dark Order. Maybe. In honor of uh, Brody Lee. We'll see what happens moving forward, but we wish him all the best in the time that he'll need away from WWE or any wrestling promotion. So I say we take a 10-second moment of silence. Sure. And, you know, that's that's for anybody going through mental health problems. And, you know, that's, that's for Brody Lee, for, for anyone that's lost anybody recently. You know, mm-hmm. our prayers go out to you guys because yeah. it, 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 does, it does hit home and hit hard when, when you lose somebody really close to you. Yes, sir. All right, so let's get on with our wrestling talk. We're starting with Monday Night Raw. Let's do it, brother. Damian Priest took on United States Champion Sheamus. Coming off a successful outing against Humberto Carrillo last week, the United States Champion Sheamus faced off with a much different test in the form of Damian Priest this time. The result was a highly physical championship contenders match that ended nicely for the Archer of Infamy after he connected with the Reckoning and seemingly re-injured Sheamus' nose on, a way, on his way to victory. Cooper, your thoughts? So, Damian Priest, your new United States Champion. Well, possibly that was for a contendership. Oh, for a contendership? Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely puts him there, right? Yep. So, I mean, that's that's awesome, dude. Uh, we knew that, I knew that Damian Priest was going to be something big as soon as I seen him in NXT. Uh, he, he's just a big guy, and, you know, we don't have very many of those anymore, and I, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to bring up almost, because that's, that's just a sad story. Right. They were about to start talking about him. Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, this is really good for Damian Priest. He's been kind of quiet since uh, his uh, championship, or not championship, his tag match with um, Bad Bunny against Morrison and Miz. Dude, I thought Bad Bunny was going to be like, hey, let's put him on the roster because that kid, he put out on WrestleMania, dude. Yeah, he did. It was great to watch. Um, But so I... 
we haven't really heard much of Damian Priest since that time. Uh, but now he's entering into championship contender, uh, into a contendership against Sheamus with the United States Championship. That's going to be a really good match, and hopefully we'll see that at uh, SummerSlam. Which yeah, we're, SummerSlam's coming up soon. We're brother. three weeks away from actually today because for some reason it's going to be on a Saturday night. That, that is Sunday different, night. right? Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, next up we had AJ Styles and almost taking on the Viking Raiders for the Raw Tag Team Championship. After picking a monumental victory last week, the Viking Raiders finally got their highly anticipated rematch for their Raw Tag Team Championship against AJ Styles and almost. Eric and Ivar put up a valiant effort, uh, but they could not stop the phenomenal one and his Colossus partner as they uh, as their fate was sealed when almost dropped Eric with a huge two-handed choke slam, and, so, and Styles provided the exclamation point with a springboard 450 splash. Your thoughts? My thoughts? I didn't see the match. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure it was probably pretty sloppy. Uh-huh. And I think the only reason why they came the title on AJ Styles was because of almost being there. I would rather see AJ Styles in the WWE title picture. Yeah. Come on now. Or even the United States picture. Come on. All right, a singles title. This, this is a suit for AJ Styles. This doesn't work. I mean, and to me, it's like. What is this? Um, give it to the Viking Raiders. Come on, dude. I mean, they're an established tag team. They know what they're doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I know what it is. They heard the pop. As soon as the fans came back, AJ Styles. Uh-huh. I get it. Right. So give them a bigger title. You don't have to be with Almost. Right. Send Almost back to freaking... The performance center, or back to whatever job he had before WWE, because dude ain't that great. Yeah, I can agree with you on that one. He's just—he's just big. Yeah, he's just a big guy. He's not—he's not really that athletic either, which bothers me too. Because some of the big guys are usually a little have a little bit more athleticism toward for them going for them, and we're not really seeing that with almost. Speaking of somebody who's big, Drew McIntyre took on Veer. Following a heated verbal exchange that saw Drew McIntyre apologize for not hitting Shanky more than 34 times with a steel chair last week, General Mahal sent his other cohort, Veer, into the ring to do battle with the Scottish Warrior. Mahal's attempt to slide a steel chair to Veer was foiled by a wicked Claymore kick from McIntyre. The former WWE champion then turned his attention to Mahal's lawyer, who was the latest associate of the modern-day Maharaja, to suffer McIntyre's wrath. Cooper, I don't like what they're doing with uh, Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal out of nowhere. Yeah, to me this don't make sense. Uh, Drew McIntyre is on a whole nother level than Mahal. And I don't care what Mahal says or what he thinks. Drew McIntyre has always done it without a henchman. Yeah. Jinder Jinder Mahal, even when he had the WWE title, he had henchmen. So... I mean, it's just same story, different faces. Mm-hmm. And these guys are bigger and can actually wrestle, I guess. But, I mean, to me, you know, McIntyre is, is uh, he's a beast and he needs to be in that main event title hunt. He does. I think it's a little disrespectful because Drew carried this company through the pandemic. Um, and just because now we got fans back, you kind of just went away, put him through the wayside, which was kind of 
bogus. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Bobby Lashley is a really good t- uh, champion. He's actually been long overdue to be the main one of the main champions on the WWE roster. But their battle was so good. I don't see why you couldn't just sit there and have them drop the title to each other every other like every other pay per view. You get the, this one. We, Next we one seen we, it in the that. women's division with Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Yeah, we saw it all the time. I mean, it, that's what I don't get. These two could have um, easily had a rivalry go way through SummerSlam, especially since you weren't obviously getting Brock Lesnar back to take on Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. And then you uh, get Goldberg. I mean, come on. Yeah. So I just Goldberg is nowhere near on Bobby Lashley's level. They just brought him for the name. Yeah. Just like they're bringing Cena in for the name. Trying to get fans to show Let's up. Let's see the difference is, is Cena still have, might have some gas in the tank. That's true. I'm not sure about Goldberg anymore. I love Goldberg to death. I respect everything he's done in the business. But uh, I, I just I don't but, see it. The yeah. last couple times he's wrestled, he's been... Oof. Yeah. Especially against uh, McIntyre, he didn't look good. Yeah. All right. Uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Natalia and Tamina took on Eva Marie and Dewdrop. Eva Marie and Dewdrop set out to take on the women's tag team champions, Natalia and Tamina, in an all-important championship contenders match. But Alexa Bliss could not wait to make her presence felt. Bliss and Lily presented the Lily Lucian in order to distract Eva Marie, leading to the win for Natalia and Tamina, after Tamina delivered a swift superkick to Eva. Though there is another thing to point out, there was a scary moment in this match when Dewdrop landed her maneuver awkwardly on Natalia, which resulted in Natalia being injured. Though it sounds like there was no breakage and she'll just be off TV for a little while to heal up. Cooper, a little scary moment there for Natalia. Yeah, man. So that's what it was when I seen uh, she's wearing the boot in the, in the wheelchair and Teddy was pushing her. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, man. It's it's a very scary moment, especially when you, you know, you get new talent in there and they hurt somebody. Sometimes it's going to happen, though. So you really can't blame it on that person. Sometimes shit just happens. Yeah. Um, and as far as the match goes, that's how it goes sometimes. A small distraction, whatever. So. Yeah, five feet distraction. <laughs> Plus a Dolph. Right. That's crazy. I mean, this, this whole thing with uh, Alex of Blisses. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to keep it going now that, that Bray Wyatt's uh, out of the company. Right, it's going to be interesting to find out. All right, Karen Cross took on Keith Lee. NXT champion Karen Carrion, sorry. Aimed to bounce back in a big way after coming up short in his Raw debut against Jeff Hardy last week. And he did just that against the former NXT champion Keith Lee. After intensely physical battle, Cross locked in his patented Cross Jackets mission and forced Lee to tap out, earning himself his first victory on Monday night. Against Keith Lee? Yeah. Dude. I know Karrion Cross is a badass, but come on now. Yes, sir. That's Keith Lee. Keith Lee's been back... For this is a second raw back, and he hasn't been doing very well himself either. He's 0 2 now since his return. Yeah, it's been interesting to see. All right, next up we had Mustafa Ali and Mansoor taking on Mace and T Bar. It was finally time for Mansoor and Mustafa Ali to see uh, how well they could gel as a team, facing the tall task of taking on Mace and T Bar. Ali and Mansoor put up an impressive fight, making their tag team debut as a successful one. After Ali delivered a massive DDT to T-Bar on the outside of the ring, and Monster rolled up Mace to pick up a quick pin. Hey, man. 
taking out the Giants right off the bat and uh, making a statement that, hey, you no longer need them, mm -hmm. that you have a good t tag team partner you can gel with. That's pretty cool. And it's finally good to see Monsoor in the WWE ring doing something other than, you know... Showing up for the Saudi events. The Saudi events, yeah. Right. It's actually really nice to see that um, he's been able to finally show up and participate. Because Monsoor's got some talent. We were like, we've been sitting here waiting like, oh my God, when are we going to see him? Because he's got talent. But some of all these talented too, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Monsoor was really showing up some stuff out there at the Saudi events in the Middle East. And it was really nice to finally get to see him come to the main event roster. and Well, not main event roster, the main roster. And um, start showing out some skills that he's been... I like how they do that now. They're not just automatically sending people to NXT and go, Here, you gotta go here first. Sometimes they'll bring them over. Alright. So. Alright, next up, WWE Champion Bobby Lashley took on Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin in a handicap match. WWE Champion Bobby Lashley refused to even dignify Goldberg's challenge with a response, but did make sure to point out that he will not be disrespected by anyone. This prompted a surprising appearance from Lashley's former Hurt Business cohort, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, who united in the same cause or in the cause to try and take down the Almighty. Lashley dominated the match, cementing his victory by hitting Benjamin with a Goldberg spear and a jackhammer combination, planting Alexander with the Dominator. Interesting. Yeah, so, trying to make a statement already. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, yeah, man, uh, it is what it is with this. Uh, I'm not really excited about this match. I think it's. Uh, I I'm afraid for Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Lashley's been on a tear, and uh, if Goldberg beats him, it'll be quick. Kind of like he did with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's the only way this is going to end in a Goldberg victory. Is if it's over quickly, it's basically a squash match. If it goes, if we start getting towards a minute and over. A minute and over, yes, we'll put it base, there. That's basically what yeah, it is. Right? Every time we've gone past a minute, uh, Goldberg's lost. Yeah. So if he doesn't get you down quickly and end it quickly, it's not going to be pretty. So it's going to definitely be uh, interesting to see what happens moving forward with that. Next up, we have Riddle taking on Morrison. Riddle was feeling good heading into action against uh, America's m Moist Wanted. What the? I never wanted to read that. Say that again? Nope. America's what? Nope. John Morrison. In a back and forth John battle. Drip, drip. No, ah, that, that shut. Until Raw Tag Team Champions AJ Styles that almost hit the scene. Almost went to destroy Riddle's prize scooter, uh, leading Morrison to pick up the win over Riddle. With a starship uh, pain, the cha champions weren't done dishing out the punishment as uh, the following one hit the ring to deliver a massive clash uh, to Riddle. Wait, this said Riddle one, but this says the title said Riddle one, but this is Morrison one. That doesn't make any sense. It was a disqualification. No, they said in the match, AJ Styles almost hit the scene. Almost went to destroy Riddle's Sprite Scooter, leading Morrison to pick up the win over Riddle with Starship Pain. Oops. Typo. Yeah, someone hit a typo somewhere. Y'all need to start proofreading. Come on, WWE. Don't start acting like AEW's writers now. Come oh, on, you're better man. than that. I mean, didn't we get to the point where we stopped going to the Bleach Report? 
Bleacher Report like completely because well I did that too but I'm getting this straight from WWE uh, I get AEW stuff straight from their website and it's basically the same bullcrap writing yeah but WWE I expect better from you don't do that to yeah. me so wait, you, we get the notes from the Bleacher Report on AEW no we get that straight from AEW's website yeah yeah but we, it's still the same writing well, yeah but what I'm saying is like we used to get it from the Bleacher Report all the time Mm-hmm. And we would have to go in and rephrase everything because the way they wrote things was like, what? Yeah. Well, this was just as bad because you know what's funny is I was reading an article talking with somebody about the um, United States being upset by France. But on the on the page it says we beat France, but actually France beat us by that score. You go into the article and it shows that we actually lost. It's like, but we lost. No, we won. No, we lost. Read the article. This is the same bullcrap. Proofread your crap. Jeez. Yeah. It Anyways, kinda, it kind of makes us look unprofessional, unprofessional when we're using dumb. someone else's stuff. I'm gonna start writing my own then. Bastards. <laughs> right. Anyways, next up we have Reginald taking on our truth in a 24/7 championship match. The rules of the 24 championship were temporarily suspended as our truth got an official attempt to win back his baby, but new champion Reginald wasn't about to let that happen. The aerodynamic Reggie managed to retain the title after a lightning quick uh, sent on the truth and made sure to escape as quickly as he could. Cooper, your thoughts? I like this. I love it. Reginald is finally wrestling. Yep. And uh, you and I both said, man, this guy got something. So it's good to see him, you know, showing off a little bit. I mean, it sucks he's the 24-7 champion, but at least he got a title, I guess. And he gets a chance to a little, little bit to show off his uh, skills. So that's kind of nice. Exactly. All right. And for the main event, we had Charlotte Flair taking on Nikki A.S.H. Flair looked to take uh, took to the ring to prove that she can beat the Raw Women's Champion, uh, Nikki Ash. I'm going to still call her Nikki Ash because it's easier that way. And that is exactly what the Queen did in the main event. Despite suffering the defeat, the almost superhero was quick to get back on her feet and challenge Flair to a rematch next week. Which the Queen gladly accepted. The 11-time women's champion then made sure to get the last laugh, unleashing a vicious assault on Nikki Ash. Your thoughts? Yeah, man. I don't know. Uh, I I think maybe Nikki might have bitten off more than she could chew. Mm, You might be right on that one. Dude, like, I mean, we, we... we knew that Charlotte would be gunning for her title to get it back, and mm-hmm. like almost right away. But yeah, I would have waited till till Charlotte, you know, dropped the title to somebody else, maybe. Yeah, this has been a, this is gonna be a probably because now short... she's gonna be she's gonna be screwing with you until she gets that title back, and she ain't stopping until she gets it. Yeah. So, look for uh, Charlotte to be the 12-time women's champion at some point. All right. All right, sir. She's going to beat her daddy soon. Yeah. All right, sir, are you ready to move on to Wednesday Night Dynamite with AEW? Let's do it, baby. So, we had the elite AEW world champion Kenny Omega, AEW tag champs, the Young Bucks, and Impact tag champs Carl Anderson and Joey Gallo, or Doc Gallows. Joey Gallows. Oh, I confused baseball for a second with (laughs) My bad. My bad. Sorry, Doc Gallows. 
<laughs> versus Adam Hangman Page and the Dark Orders, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and John Silver. Page and Omega squared off in the, as the bell rang, but Omega would back off. Omega would then tag in Carl Anderson. Page wasted no time knocking down Anderson. Uh, Donnie Brook broke out as the ref lost control. That's not surprising. This is why I actually honestly believe if you're going to have a tag match with more than four competitors, you may need a second official. Why? Jeez. Once they get knocked down, it's fair game. I mean, I mean, you know, refs get knocked down, and it's like, it's like you saying. you could touch them with a damn feather, they'd fall over. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but I'm just saying, a second referee would make things a little bit easier, but you know. Yeah, maybe. All right, dark order. Or at least, or at least an enforcer on the outside. That way, they can jump in and take over. Yeah, they can get Shaq to be an enforcer. Oh. There you go. That'd be fun. All right. Dark Order turned the tables on the Elite as, as they uh, stereo suplexed the Elite members. Alex Alex Reynolds suplexed uh, Nick Jackson onto a pile of the Elite outside. Dark Order took turns working over Gallows and Anderson with tandem offense. Carl uh, Anderson pulled the trunks of Alex Reynolds, pinning him. Reynolds was the first to be eliminated. Oh, yeah. This is an elimination match, by the way. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> My bad. Uh, Machine Gun Anderson tried to talk his way out of trouble, but he was bouncing around by Page in the Dark Order. Grayson hit the fatality on Anderson and pinned him. Silver hurled uh, Matt Jackson across the ring. Johnny Hungy is back. Who the heck is Johnny Hungy? Where did... What the... Okay, anyways. Grayson and Evil Uno did a combo offense on Gallows, but Omega ran in to break the count. Grayson connected with a star, uh, star Twister press on the Elite... And it was a sight to behold. Grayson and Gallows battled amongst the fans. And they were both counted out by the uh, by ref Rick Knox. I'm surprised he knew who to count out. With all this melee going on everywhere. Well, you know, whatever. Right. Evil Uno attempted a senton bomb, but Omega raised his knees to counter with the uh, in the nick of time. Followed up that He followed that up with a V-trigger and a one-winged angel to pin Evil Uno. John Silver spread, or speared, sorry. Matt Jackson and hammered down with fists. Uh, Matt Jackson would gouge Silver's eyes with his thumb. Nick Jackson tagged in and landed a leg whip on uh, Silver. It wasn't long before Silver turned the momentum on the Elite. Using an airplane spin on Nick Jackson just prior to that, the Young Bucks powerbomb Page onto the ring apron. Omega blasted Silver with a V-trigger and dazed him with a suplex. Nakazawa set up a basketball net and the Young Bucks hit it with Metzler, with a Metzler driver. On Silver to the outside. Uh, with Nick attempting to slam a basketball in the process, they pulled Silver back in the ring and pinned him. Hangman Page was left to beat uh, Kenny Omega and the Bucks on his own. Omega pulled off his basketball jersey and spat in Page's face. Omega used a V-trigger, but uh, Page would follow up with a forearm. The Bucks used super kicks on Page. Nick Jackson followed up with a 450 splash, but Page would kick out. Page knocked the Bucks out of the ring with clotheslines. Page followed that up with a moonsault from the ring post to the outside onto Omega and the Bucks. Page got the near fall on Omega after a high ankle or high angle power bomb. Page hit both Bucks with the Buckshot Lariat and pinned Jackson. Kenny Omega grabbed the AEW World Tag Team title and tried to use it on Page, but Page countered with the dead eye. Omega would kick out. Omega retaliated with a pair of V triggers on Page. Omega finished off Page with the one-winged angel, finally pinning him. Phew! What'd you thought? Chaos? Yes. Like, seriously, dude. Um, 
Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I love this. I love all the action, all the craziness going on. But it's... It's like... WCW 2.0 when you're constantly getting other people involved with matches. I know it was everyone against each other, but it's just like, dude, there's three against one at the end of that match. How did you think that was going to end? Right. Right? <laughs> it was basically the end for so. Page at, the, at that moment. All right, a video would play in Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi announced that he'd be challenging the winner of tonight's New Japan Wrestling U.S. title or New Japan, yeah, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes. Okay, New Japan Pro Wrestling. My bad. U.S. title match. Tony Khan has kicked open the forbidden door. This is cool, man. Uh, yes, dude, I've seen him wrestle in New Japan. Mm-hmm. He's a badass. Sweet. And, uh, Ain't nobody to screw with, so well, yeah, man. Uh, gonna be fun. It, uh, you, you know, he's kind of got that style, like uh, it's kind of like Shinsuke, dude. He is just—he's talented, man. Cool. So it's gonna be nice, and not only that, but he gets a bigger, a bigger um, platform to be on. You know, being nationally televised, right? Which is cool. So. Yes, All right. Up next, we have Santana and Ortiz with Conan taking on FTR with Tully Blanchard. Cash and Ortiz began the match for their respective teams. Ortiz would use a side headlock takeover on Cash. Ortiz vaulted Cash out of the ring with one foot. Uh, Santana and Dax, the Axe, both tagged in. They traded sn- uh, snug forearm shots, both followed up with knife edge chops. Santana suplexed Dax and Dax and he and Ortiz hit the three amigos. The fan, excuse me, the fans erupted in Eddie chants. Santana burst into the ring and sped and clean with speed and clean, uh, cleaned house on FTR. He catapulted Hardwood into the ring post and followed up with a taupe con, con hero on uh, Cash to the arena floor. Uh, let's see here. Ortiz then would crash into Cash with a Topasuda. Or Suicida, sorry. Santana booted Hardwood in the face. Santana nailed Hardwood with a frog splash for a near fall. Santana would powerbomb Hardwood for a two count. Dax dropped Ortiz with a closed uh, right hand. Uh, fist right hand. And then Santana ran to the ring, but Hardwood DDT'd him. Hardwood impaled Ortiz with a brain buster to pin him for the victory for FTR. Man, dude. Yeah, uh, I think what happened here is... Is uh, experience, yeah, more than this match. Uh, you know, I didn't like them when they were in the WWE, and I still don't really care for them now. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; that Santino and Ortiz, Santino and Ortiz do have a very long history. Oh yeah, too. man, they gel, and they've had a long history. But I'm just, I don't know, I didn't. Didn't really matter to me either way who won this match. All right. Next up, the IWGP United States title match. The Murderhawk Ar- Murder Monster Lance Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts taking on Hikulio with King Hakua. Or Haku, I think. Let's see. Archer would blast uh, Hikulio with strikes. Hikulio followed that up with a power slam. 
Uh, Archer displayed tremendous agility, walking the top rope and flipping down on Hikilu Leo. I read it. And the fans went wild. Archer was looking for the blackout, but Hikilu had it scouted. Archer still managed to suplex Hikilu into the ring. Uh, Archer drilled Hikilu with a blackout and pinned him. Archer will now have to defend his title against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, man. Um, Hikilu, um, he's a member of the Bullet Club, you yeah. know, New Japan stuff. Uh, he's a bigger Samoan looking dude. Mm. Uh, it was a good match. Uh, I think I, I might have fell asleep like right after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. All right. Next up, we had the Hardy family office. Ange- uh, Angelico and the private party, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy, accompanied, of course, by Matt Hardy himself, taking on Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus, accompanied by Marco Stunt and Christian Cage. Nope, I take that back. That was. Okay. Jungle Boy and Christian Cage showed off their teamwork with a double arm uh, drag on Angelico, or on Helico, sorry. Jungle Boy followed up with a beautiful executed drop kick on Angelico. Uh, Matt Hardy decked Jungle Boy on the outside of the ring and back in the ring. And Angelico stomped on the sternum of the jung- of Jungle Boy and tagged in Isaiah. Private Party double-teamed Jungle Boy as ref Aubrey Edwards was distracted. Luchasaurus tagged in and decimated Private Party and Angelico were stacking them up in the corner. Luchasaurus suplexed Private Party and Angelico at the same time. All three members of the opposing team. Jungle Boy used the Tokongiro, uh, I think that's supposed to be Tokongiro like we had earlier, on Cassidy and Angelico on the outside. Lucha Shores with Chokeslam Mark Quinn and Christian Cage finished off Quinn with a frog splash for the victory. Yeah, man. Uh, Christian Cage still is undefeated nice. in AEW. It's crazy, dude. So he should be uh, preparing for an AEW title against Kenny That's Vegas. what they were talking about. His alley's you know, he's still undefeated, and does this put him in that title contention? Oh, I'd hope so. That'd be fun. Next up, we have Thunder Rosa taking on Julia Hart with the Varsity Blondes Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. Thunder Rosa rolled up Julia for a near fall. She would then follow with a leg, uh, leg sweep. Julia was waving and clapping at the fans when Thunder Rosa pulled her down and then chopped at her. Thunder Rosa charged at Julia with a big clothesline in the corner. Thunder Rosa attempted a drop kick in the corner, but Julia Hart dodged it. Thunder Rosa grabbed Julia Hart's leg for an ankle lock submission, but Julia grabbed the ropes. Thunder Rosa, though, would finish off Julia with a Fire Thunder driver for the pin. Dude, Thunder Rosa, she is, man, she's cool as shit. And she was at the River City Wrestling Club when we went. Yes, sir. She was just, she was a nice person, dude. I mean, Mm -hmm. I kept looking at her face paint going, wow. Cause she just it it looks cool, dude. I love every part of her. I I think she's she's an awesome talent, and it's good to see her on AEW. Yes, sir. All right. Next up, we have Chapter Two of the Five Labors of Jericho, a no rules match. The Painmaker Chris Jericho took on Nick Effingage. I don't know why it says it's MDK all day. I don't get that. Yeah, we need to start watching more. Yeah, obviously. Nick Gage swiped a pizza cutter at Jericho's arm. Uh, Gage planted Jericho with a spine buster. He headbutted Jericho on the outside of the ring. Gage superplexed Jericho, holding on and then following up with a falcon arrow from the near fall. 
Gage was looking for his running boot, but Jericho countered with a lion tamer. Jericho, oh, sorry, Gage rolled out of the ring. Jericho followed him. Jericho was driven face first into the ring post by the deathmatch king, Nick Gage, or Gage, sorry. Nick Gage pulled... Nick Gage. My bad. Nick Gage pulled out light tubes from under the ring. Uh, on the opposite side of the ring, Jericho pulled out his baseball bat. Jericho swung the bat, and Nick Gage countered with a backbreaker. He pulled out the pizza cutter again and carved into Jericho's forehead. Uh, Gage put a steel chair on Jericho's head and elbowed, uh, elbow dropped it. Gage set up a pan of glass in the ring. He propped it on two steel chairs. Uh, Gage put Jericho under the glass and was about to smash onto him himself uh, when Jericho popped up and Jericho climbed the turnbuckles and broke Gage through the pane with a pane of glass through with a hurricane. <laughs> Jericho went for the code breaker, but Nick uh, and then they have Cage on this one. Gage reversed it and spiked him into the broken glass. Gage broke light tubes on Jericho's head. Uh, Gage would then use a pile driver on Jericho into the glass. Gage used the end of the broken light tube and gouged Jericho's forehead. Uh, Gage would pull more light tubes from out under the ring. Jericho spat green mist in Gage's eyes. He waffled Gage with a bundle of light tubes. Uh, Jericho would follow that up with the Judas effect to pin Nick Gage. And from the announce table, MJF would yell out, Chris, as you sit there in more pain than you've ever been in your entire life, I need you to listen to me. You're a mess. You won't get to wrestle me, especially after what I have in store for you for labor number three. You face the juice, Juventud Guerrera, next week. What? <laughs> no way. Yes, sir. Bringing back your old WCW rival right there, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this match makes me think of some, like, freaking ECW or something, dude. Right. Well, and Jericho was an ECW. And I think Juventude was too. Right. I mean, of course, this was obviously a no rules match, so everything goes. Um, I do kind of find it weird. I've seen the pictures of Nick Gage, and he kind of looks like what um, Shawn Michaels looks like right now. Has his hair completely, you know, has he has his hair completely chopped off and has that weird beard kind of going on for mm -hmm. him. John Michaels does. He, that's what kind of Nick Gage. And some people were kind of making fun of how similar he did look to it. Yeah. To him. So, leading up to this match. So, it was kind of interesting to see. <laughs> like, did they really just somehow steal Shawn Michaels and call him Nick Gage for this match or something that we don't know about? <laughs> it's eerily similar how they looked. All right, sir. It's a stunt double. Right. All right, sir. We are moving on to Friday Night Smackdown. All right, let's go. So, as John Cena described the ways the Universal Champion Roman Reigns absolutely sucks by rejecting his SummerSlam challenge, a disillusioned Baron Corbin emerged to ask the 16-time world champion for assistance to get back on his feet. When Cena refused and pointed out that Corbin deserved what he was experiencing, the former monarch chose to insult the leader in the C-Nation and received an attitude adjustment for his trouble. Yeah, man. You don't disrespect John Cena like that. You're going to get every time. That's right. And uh, did you say he rejected his title uh, challenge? Yes. Roman Reigns rejected him. Why does that not surprise me? Oh, I know, but it gets better. Ah, let's do it. Rey Mysterio took on Jimmy Uso. After losing the SmackDown Tag Team titles at WWE Money in the Bank, Rey Mysterio gained valuable momentum for his son and himself. 
tearing a page out of the Usos' recent playbook when Dominic added his feet to Ray's quick pin attempt to steal the win over Jimmy Uso. Ooh. Turning about is fair play. That's right. Let's see here. Celebrating surpassing 100 days as SmackDown Women's Champion, Bianca Belair soon found herself on the wrong end of a two-on-one assault by Selena Vega and Carmella. That that was until out of nowhere, Sasha Banks reemerged on the blue brand to help the EST of WWE expel them from the ring. An even more shocking moment occurred seconds later, though, when the boss lifted Belair and gave her a huge hug. I watch out for that one, dude. I think she's playing her. Probably. Eventually, she's going to go after that title, bro. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we had Reggie taking on Chad Gable in a 24-7 championship match. After Reggie's monumentous victory over Akira Tazawa on Raw, uh, the new 24-7 champion journeyed to SmackDown, where he used his tremendous athleticism to nearly pin Alpha Academy teacher Chad Gable for before Otis, oh, sorry, Otis charged in and brought an end to the action by disqualification. Nevertheless, the, uh, when Otis hurled Reggie over the top rope, the incredible 24-7 champion rolled his way through and flipped away unscathed and smiling ear to ear. Man, dude, are, are they putting some, some rules to this 24-7 championship? Because uh, I thought they were allowed to pin him anywhere and anytime. And use any means necessary to put the pin down. <laughs> yeah, man, this is... Uh... I think maybe other people are complaining, too, that, you know, it's just kind of a joke, so they're trying to put some, maybe some prestige to the title by making matches. Yeah. So there you go. Making it a more legitimate match. All right. As Finn Balor was about to sign the contract for a SummerSlam Universal Championship match against Roman Reigns, a completely desperate Baron Corbin suddenly emerged and took out the Prince from behind before attempting to sign the title contract himself. He would come up short, though, when John Cena took out Corbin before seizing the Universal title contract for himself. With his signature affixed to the document, the 16-time world champion became the head of the table's challenger at SummerSlam. The summer of Cena is heating up. Yes, baby, let's get this. I I can't wait to see these guys duke it out. This is going to be very interesting to see how they're going to allow this to continue because now we just have a contract saying that just went AWOL. Right? So. Nothing is sacred anymore in the WWE. Absolutely not. (laughs) And we're loving every second of it. Alright, next up we had Big E, Cesario, and King Nakamura taking on Apollo Crews, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode. After a scuffle last week over who will be Apollo Crews' next Intercontinental Championship Challenge. I almost forgot what I was saying for a second. Big E, Cesario, and King Nakamura battled Crews, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode. Rick Boogs suddenly distracted Cruz with his guitar riff and paved the way for a bunch of mayhem on the outside of the ring. Eventually, King Nakamura, Nakamura, yeah, Nakamura, say it right, Booth, picked, picked up the pinfall on the Intercontinental Champion with the Kinshasa. Hey man, do you think this puts him in the title contention? Let's go ahead and let the King. Freaking Rain is Intercontinental Champion, baby. I love it. Let's why, do it. Why not, right? That's right. Big E's got bigger fish to fry anyways. Yep. <sighs> Roman Reigns. Yes. Eventually. We hope. Yeah. 
Seth Rollins would viciously attack, viciously attack Edge from behind, and made it clear that he couldn't, if he couldn't be Universal Champion, then neither will Edge. Cooper, your thoughts? Whatever. <laughs> That's it. That's all I get. Um, Whatever. This you, you and I both know we don't like this angle. Um, it's just, it's just making a match for SummerSlam. That's all they're doing. Yeah. That's all it is. Filling a, filling a. A card spot. Now, if this match were the title match, and one of them was, you know, already had a title or whatever, that'd be cooler. Right. But you're just filling a filling a hole. And adding, of course, two big names to the SummerSlam. Yep. Uh, match card. All right. We had Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks taking on Carmella and Selena Vega. After returning to help Bianca Belair fend off Zelina Vega and Carmella, the boss joined forces with the superstar that took her SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Moments after making Carmella tap out to the bank statement, the boss suddenly turned on the EST of WWE, unleashing a vicious beatdown that ended with more than one brutal bank statement on Belair. And Banks standing tall over the fallen champion with the WWE, with the SmackDown Women's title raised above her head. So that didn't last very long. No, that partnership <laughs> dissolved quickly. Nah, that dissolved real quick, dude. <laughs> it was interesting because they said that she was supposed to um, show up for the July 16th SmackDown, and here we are still, what was it, almost two weeks later, and that's when she showed up. Makes you wonder if she was dealing with some injuries or something going on. It does make you wonder. I mean, that was surprising because she was advertised with the return of Cena and Edge that for the July well, not Cena. I mean, just Edge and her were supposed to be at the July 16th um, uh, SmackDown, and she didn't show up. But, of course, we got Edge, and then we got the, of course, Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and still no Sasha Banks. And now here we are, finally, she got got to be there. So you might be right. She might have just been dealing with an injury that she needed a little bit more time. Though WWE, you would think, would have been smart enough to realize that her injury was going to prolong and you would have stopped advertising her for that show. Well, you know. Of course, they've been doing a lot of weird, crazy things of late, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's WWE for you. But, I'm looking forward to three weeks from now as we get ready for SummerSlam. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man, SummerSlam is going to be good. And here's here soon... AEW's kicking off their show Rampage on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think their first show is going to be in Chicago. And mm-hmm. uh, No, the first one's the week before Chicago. Is it the week the, before Chicago? The second the second one will be August 20th oh, in Chicago. Okay, I yes, screwed up then. It's okay. <laughs> Just like, you know, before we get too far out there, August 13th is the first but uh, Rampage. It makes episode. you wonder because when they get to Chicago, is the best in the world going to show up? I don't know. You know, they uh, did have a little thing this past week where Darby Allen talked about ADWs for men to show themselves who they really are. And he also stated, especially for those who believe they're the best in the world. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to bring up. Yeah, so uh, it's getting interesting to see um, because, you know, we got... Uh, the possible return of uh, CM Punk to a W, well, not WWE, a wrestling ring at some point, and it could be with AEW. And not too much longer after that, when they do their show from Arthur Ashe Court in New York City, they are expected to possibly have another returning 
former WWE superstar in the name of Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson, the dragon. The American dragon. Yeah, the American dragon. Daniel Bryanson. Right, that's going to be awesome. Brian Danielson. And think about it, dude. I mean, having those two guys... They were yep. main event main eventers in WWE, mm-hmm. and if Strowman decides not to sign with WWE and go with AEW, plus then now with the with the possibility of Bray Wyatt being available, yeah, dude, <laughs> man, WWE is in big trouble, man, because AEW has been swinging for the fences. They're poaching, they're poaching them, dude. Yeah. Which I don't blame them. I'd do the same damn thing, but still. We saw WWE do this exact same thing with WCW back in the late 90s, early 2000s when they was about to fold. They were poaching the crap out of that roster. You know, you still had a lot of guys who um, maintained staying with the company and then when folded, went with Impact, TNA at the time, of course. They also went with WWE too. Well, some of them did. I'm talking about like Sting stayed away. Yeah, Sting went to TNA. Sting stayed. I think wasn't there some other ones that went with him to TNA, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. I think like Scott Steiner and some other ones. Yeah, so you know, yeah, they man. saved the world to WCW and yeah, I think Ray Flair went there too, team Pack. For a little, you know, yeah, yeah he for was, a little bit. Yeah, but that wasn't that after he was technically fired. I think so. Yeah, but then they had Kurt Angle there, and they had. Um, Jeff Hardy, Christian Cage. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of good names in AEW, TNA, or whatever you call it, Impact. Yeah, now Impact. Now Impact. All right, so it's it's going to get interesting, to say the least, over the next few months between uh, what WWE's trying to do with um, SummerSlam and what AEW's trying to do right under their nose. It's got to be interesting. Yeah, man. I just wish there was a way we could watch their pay-per-views, but they're just so Spence. Yeah. I can't I can't do it. Right. I can't. Stop making us try. Mm. Just come up with something. You're already with Bleacher Report. You and Bleacher Report come up with a streaming agreement and let's do this. Dang it. Right. Anyways, so this is going to be very fun and uh, exciting times for wrestling fans. Uh, we can't wait to see how it turns out for the remainder of the year. Uh, and of course, excuse me, um, it's going to be fun on a bun. Uh, I'm also looking forward to talking tomorrow because we've had a busy deadline at the baseball trading deadline. Oh, yeah. This is always a good time. Always mm-hmm. always a good time of the year, brother. And, of course, we also had some big news out of the NBA on draft day. And one of the news I was like, I don't see how this is going to work out for uh, a certain uh, purple and gold team. Yeah. Yeah. Big man's getting ready to go on a pissed off tangent. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> no. I know. I know. You guys, get ready for it. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, we're back again with uh, Tuesday football talk as we got to talk about the AFC North and NFC North divisions and any news pertaining to, as such with anything football. Actually, we do have some college news again pertaining to Texas and Oklahoma. <laughs> We're getting that stuff every week, baby. 
Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, NASCAR talk is on one more week of hiatus due to the Olympics. Um, so we will be back with that talk, I believe, the Tuesday following that. And so, I'm sorry about worldwide sports talk. You should be. <laughs> that's my fault. So the 10th is when uh, we'll be talking NASCAR again. Looking forward to that. Yeah. All right, man. So we hopefully then we'll be back with Worldwide next week. Uh, things are going to get interesting uh, because maybe things will be a lot smoother now because my job's changing after this week. So Yeah, man. Uh, make more time for, for getting some... Uh, take more time for the podcast, be able to grow, be able to interact with you guys more. Yes, sir. Um, I know you're, you're going to be dedicated to your new job. You're going to do what you got to do, and that comes first. Right. But, you know, at least this this opens up more doors for us to be able to, you know, maybe go see some events and go, go have some fun this year. Yes, sir. And be sure to take a look at our uh, Sports Talk group page. Uh, let me get the proper name for it here, just a second. Because we put out polls for the fans. We want to know your opinions on it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So please talk to us on there. Let us know what you think. It is Sports Talk Fan Poll is the name of the group. We always are putting out um, polls we want to know your opinions on things. Uh, We'll be putting out two new polls. We're going to ask you who is now the World Series favorite after the trade deadline. Um, Also, we'll be talking about what your opinion is on the mega trade that happened with the Lakers and the Washington Wizards. Yeah. So, and of course, we'll be updating you as we know more from that. So, that does it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep keep on on talking sports. Hey, everyone. This is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at... Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sports talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's sports talk, W I T Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.